Tonight on Alpha's Back in Pod Form, Ian Hinden. And that also is a reference to female genitalia. James Sheaves. I lost my train of thought. Vivian Clover Lejoie. It's a real pussy magnet! Vivian Dixon. I will admit that I, that I hated him long before I found out that he was uh, a predator. And me, Byron Hussey. That's clearly like a reference to, the, to like the labia. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Alpha's Beck and Pod form. <laughs> episode number 49. I'm your puppet? Question mark? My name is Byron Hussey, and uh, I am joined tonight by a new, very special guest named Ian Hinden. Hello. Hi there. From, I believe, from Las Vegas. Uh, yes, that uh, that's correct. Uh, Byron asked me to be here because of my experience with uh, puppets and ventriloquism, and mm-hmm. so I will not be moving my lips the entire podcast. Okay, I believe it's you. Very impressive. I believe you. We are also joined tonight by the um, the the wonderful Vivian Clover. Hmm. We lost Vivian. Who is on C. mute right now? Muted. We are also oh, joined. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Moin. <laughs> we are also joined tonight by the Vivian, the illustrious Vivian Dixon. It's so good to be here <laughs> to have watched this terrible episode. What? I liked it. Let's let's Maybe hold on to those takes. Great. I think I think we'll find some differences of opinion moving forward. Maybe we're um, not the same person after all. Uh, here to for to this af- point and after I think we'll see it we'll say VC and VD for each of the, uh, the Viv- Viv- I'll try to remember that. Yeah. Vivaldi the Vivay. Vivaldi and last which one of us is Vivaldi um, I'm Vivaldi I make music neither that wasn't one of the uh, officially sanctioned options <laughs> provided by me so neither yeah well my apologies. He has Big Boss Byron, so. Yep. And finally, last but certainly, certainly not least, um, James oh. Chiefs. Hey, it's great to be here. Yay. So um, the tradition for new guests on this podcast are to ask Ian, what is your experience with Alf? Uh, I have uh, a vast array of experiences involving ALF in uh, in many forms. Mm-hmm. I would oh, yeah. say, yeah, yeah, mostly television. Um, okay. And uh, I, I do recall having like a like a glass when I was young, and I think probably it originally had like jelly in it. Mm-hmm. And then you you eat all the jelly, and then you keep the glass, and it has ALF on it, and it's you know it's like a win win for everybody. Was it like some kind of um... Like cat jelly, or like, you know, Melmacian. Oh, that would. Uh, it's goomer foam. I think it was strawberry. Goomer foam. Hmm. Yeah, it was a pulverized cat bone marrow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anybody watch the cartoon? It was goomer foam. No, I didn't watch the cartoon. That's gonna uh, be after I finish uh, the. Um, oh, Philip knows. Philip knows about the goomer. I don't know who Philip is. Frankly, not not relevant to this. Um, so, so um, this is the what 
49th, 49th episode of the podcast, but it's actually the, oh, no, sorry, 49th episode of Elf and the podcast. Did we catch up? Because we caught up. Uh, it was uh, written by Al Jean and Mike Rice, um, who you may recognize from The uh, Simpsons. And The Critic. And The Critic, I guess, to a lesser, much lesser extent. That's um, a great show. It's fine. It's a great show. Um, it is uh, named for a song called "I'm Your Puppet," really? written by um, Dan Penn. <laughs> and that must be obscure. Spooner Old. Sounds a little something like this, and then you dub it in or something. I don't know. Now I'm gonna play it. You guys oh. ready to hear it? Oh boy. Yep. It oh. sounds a little something like this. Can you guys hear this? No. Oh, da, da, wow. Da, 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 da. <laughs> if only someone had a kalimba. <laughs> kind of like a Motown oh. thing, I think. A little bit of a Motown. That's how it goes, I right? am your dentist. This version was recorded by James and Bobby Purify. Purify. Uh-huh. Yeah. So They must advertise Life Straw. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Let's move on from it. <laughs> um, so we have uh, established that Ian is not at all familiar with Alf, apparently. Um I think everybody else here has done this show multiple times. Vivian D, this is your second appearance, right? Yes. Have you has your have your feelings on Alf evolved at all since your last uh, appearance on the show? Well, I was thinking about the reaction that I just got when I described this as a terrible episode. And mm-hmm. I guess I kind of understand why everyone was so quick to defend it. Um so <laughs> so Go on. It, it it is a good episode in a certain sense because mm-hmm. I think it is one of the few that portrays Alf in a way that's somewhat honest as right. to what type of person or entity that he is. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean again like I I think that the fact that Al Jean and Mike Rice wrote for this one probably accounts for the fact that it's a little bit different tonally mm-hmm. in the other episodes there's like um th- there's almost like a supernatural vibe in certain points um mm-hmm. kind of like dark and uh you you, you learn that alf has mm-hmm. some really deep like wicked desires and maybe maybe that is a good episode maybe the mm-hmm. fact that it is morally reprehensible is why it is a good episode so to provide the uh 36,000 mile um summary did I? Is that, an, is that an expression? Did I just make that up? Um, it is now. You you just made that up. Put that in your pocket. Congratulations. Okay. <laughs> what is the expression where it's like you're really high up in the sky, looking down? Some number that of miles. That would be the Mile High Club. <laughs> you're on cloud nine. No. Um, cloud nine. Let's just say the broad um, overview. High in the skies. Alf Bird's eye view? Uh, has purchased a ventriloquist dummy. Um. Which, needs its eyebrows waxed. Uh, becomes uh, sentient, I guess. 
separately. Uh, <laughs> alter ego is how he described it. I guess it's similar to the uh, Batman villain, the uh, ventriloquist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who tends to taunt Batman with many riddles. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, with his, with his evil little puppet that he uses. So, increasingly nefarious riddles. Yeah, Fusco. Devious traps. So this ends up being sort of like a window into Alf's psyche, as VD indicated. I love being called that. Where there's sort of like this, what is it, like a sort of a split personality where Alf sort of pipes his negative negativity into the puppet. But it's very strange... Uh, and inconsistent with the rest of the series for the most part to this point. Um, mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. touched on by VD. Um, it's kind of uh, interesting that the puppet ends up being named Paul. Oh, and, right. um, oh boy. I, I think it's funny. The yeah. showrunner, creator, Paul Fusco. <laughs> yeah, so look that it... up. And uh, we were saying, like, well, it's not, you know, consistent with other elves, but perhaps this is, you know, Paul representing his feelings, his frustrations through Alf representing his frustrations through Paul. Right. Exactly. Well, I, I, I thought that, like, that... since the guy is such a megalomaniac, um, I was kind of surprised that he would uh, do such a like self-deprecating episode. Uh, so yeah. it actually makes this, a lot of sense to me that it was written by other people because I, I can't see him writing this episode nah. where he himself yeah. is represented as such a jerk. Yeah, no, he wouldn't do. Yeah, it, it represents that Paul Fusco is an asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, a little bit How of was... a backstory on Paul Fusco is like he got his start on Alf because he had his own puppet and he put on little puppet shows at home for his family. Um, so this is clearly he... like he shoehorned his own interests into the show where it's like there wasn't really any good reason for Alf to, to buy a puppet. It wasn't really explained very mm-hmm. well other than that. Mm-hmm. He's been uh, spending Willie's money. Mm. Paul worked on some stuff before Alf, actually, in like 1982. Such as? Uh, there was some like Easter special he made. Hmm. And I think he also had this like public access show with like some character called like Creature or Critter or something. So so he's basically like the, the David Leva Hart of his generation? Yeah. No, because I, I, I don't know. Because yeah. Paul Fusco doesn't make music and he doesn't potentially have some kind of like a mental issue so well not the same no, ones anyway he's yeah. the actual puppeteer as well though right he's not yes. cool like david liebhardt i love david liebhardt but paul is you know uh maybe he's a little te- more technique oriented i mean i think we can be honest and say that mm-hmm. yeah he's like, no chip the black boy no he's not I, so um, this episode yeah. basically the I watched it a week ago, so I don't really remember how it went. But <laughs> it started with like um, the car. Early, the the car. Alpha the car made a. It's called like an alpha alpha male or something. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the stupid car. It's Alf's grease lightning. It's a real pussy magnet. <laughs> <laughs> Greased lightning, baby. Did it, is that a, is that an actual quote from the episode? The pussy magnet. <laughs> no, but uh, it's it no. Oh, no he means it as like it's implied. He means it like cats he can eat though. Yeah. It's a quote from the the Grease Lightning song. They 
the line pussy wagon is in it. Really? I mean, hmm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And Greece that... is nothing but a, a series of just dirty puns. I used to get in uh, trouble because I was really into Greece as a young child and I used to sing the songs and um, apparently other parents would complain to my parents because the songs contained so much like profanity and double entendres that mm -hmm. I just didn't understand because I was like five. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Grease Lightning has a like, get off my rocks or I think that's in there. Plus like it was Whatever like, like the, can imagine is probably in there. The, like the pink ladies. That's clearly like a reference to, the, to like the labia <laughs> it, could, it could be a reference to the japanese duo pink lady it's not yeah, wasn't, it there, what, wasn't there like main rivals the vagina squad mm -hmm. well yeah like yeah. it seems obvious in hindsight yeah and that also is uh believe it or not a reference to female genitalia i didn't know that wow yeah i'm not really i understand understand that one i don't really can't put those connect those dots it's, um, it's just like I guess you know, like the more you know about Greece, you kind we'll, of realize. We'll give, we'll give you a talk after the show. Okay, yeah. we'll explain some things. Does this have anything to do with the Greece, um, the uh, economic trouble they had in back in twenty uh, eleven? Well, yeah, yeah. See, it's all a metaphor. Okay. <laughs> so Alf builds a car. Um, that doesn't have any bearing on the yeah, remainder Lynn of the episode. No, it's surprisingly irrelevant. Yeah. yeah, Lynn. Lynn tells him, like, or Lynn or Kate tells him, like, get it out, and he like he 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 fires it up, and it crashes, and he goes, "I guess I should have built a tow truck," <laughs> and and that's just how it starts. That's funny. What is the car made yeah. out of? It looks like uh, oh, it's made out of Kate's wedding dress. Yeah, yeah. The seat is made of Kate's wedding dress. <laughs> that's right. That was funny. Yeah, that was. Funny. He was like, "Well, I didn't think you're gonna wear it again." It's... They meticulously built the car out of items that you see on the background in other episodes. Yeah, the props department probably had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think it was incorporated um, Willie's Nina? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have. I think it should have. I think uh, VC was the only one to get that reference. <laughs> Good yeah, on you. They should have put his Nina in there. Maybe if you look closely and like zoom in like a thousand like a thousand like ways in, you might see the Nina. Yeah. My my Nina. My Nina. <laughs> Alf, you use my Nina. I You're not getting anything to eat. Please leave. <laughs> oh I, I guess we should say actually um, We should talk We should talk about, about the yeah, the uh Oh yeah, the Max, um, Max right news. news. Yeah, um, let, let me get let me get the. Uh, I'll pull up an article. Okay. In the meantime, um, how are you guys doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, time, times are pretty hard. Oh, mm. too too much information. I didn't. Want, <laughs> I didn't want. To, I didn't want the actual details of your life. But, yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. We we aren't gonna have like a psychiatric session in here. No. Okay. Well, actually, we're gonna special, we're not we're gonna get into guest, Max Wright's psychiatry. So, this is um. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he is ashamed. German life partner reveals what Max Wright thinks about Alf. So, uh, yeah, his new life partner is named Reiner Detlinger, and apparently, Max Wright does not like to talk about Alf. And uh, Kate uh, and Sweden was talking about how 
like she reached to like touch him in one and she was like told not to touch him and that there was a lot of like stress why who told kate who told him and who was touching Uh, um i think one of like the people who worked on it yeah why why would they tell (laughs) her not to touch him i'm not sure but it got him angry well, like in this episode, they actually have like a little bit of a lovemaking scene. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Hardcore. <laughs> well, no, they they and, have uh, a deferred in... lovemaking scene, which shows how miserable their lives are with Alf around. Yeah. And so... they have a they they reference uh, Alf as a colleague made of cloth and a shaggy alien. <laughs> so we're still talking about uh, Max Wright, right? Yeah. <laughs> So he's involved with a German nurse? A German man, yes. Um, So he was was actually still with his wife until 2016, right? At which point she passed away from cancer? Is that right? Sure. (laughs) I I suppose so. (laughs) Sure, cancer. I thought Vivian... Um, CVC had uh, this information loaded in I an do. article. Um, but Max does apparently... not like to talk about it with anyone in the family. No one in the family should ever Alf. So she, his wife stuck with him through the uh, the crack scandal, right? Yeah, but she died last year. Right, but it's like, it's like yeah. 10, 15 years later. They yeah. still made it work through all the crack and the homeless mm-hmm. guy... But I, I apologize. I must drop out for now. Okay. Maybe okay. I will be back. Let's get okay. good uh, luck. Have some crabs. Yeah, Delaware crabs. Yes. Okay. By that's Cheers. VC gone, and now we have one Vivian, so we can forego the. Um, oh, the this initials. is fantastic! Yeah. I can change Vivian, Vivian now. People can call me Vivian. I think oh, James wow. will actually be Vivian James. So VJ. VJ. <laughs> okay. And then we're going to go back to v- VD for Vivian Dick. Yeah. So, so uh, I'm, I'm back to VD. Yeah. And Ian, you can be um, I C U P. There you go. <laughs> you, see, you see him what? Excuse me? That's my elf cup. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, so the, so the breaking news is that. Uh, Max Wright has found love again in Germany, which I you maybe should have avoid, avoided Germany because I think Alpha is still pretty big there. Hmm. Every article I read about somebody dating a German usually ends in some kind of cannibalism. Yeah, that's true. Oh, dear. That's probably where this is going to go also. Yeah, um, I, can't imagine it. I can't imagine dating in Germany any other way. <laughs> maybe he's in Germany because he's a masochist and it, like, you know... He, he secretly um, uh, doesn't want to escape the, the Alf nightmare. No, I think he's a hedonist. Oh. oh. Who, who else smokes crack? I mean, it, it can it can fuck you up in various ways. Masochistic ways? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just an intense pleasure. He's lived a pretty long time for a crack smoker. That's pretty mm. impressive. 74. Mm. To be fair, Might have just may, been that one time. Yeah, he may not still smoke crack. We don't know. We just don't know. He, he, yeah. he does. He does. <laughs> so, Alf ordered a puppet online 
right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. From, from Amazon. <laughs> from uh, Alphazon. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't think of a, a good pun there. We just move on. Uh, you ordered a puppet from my my ventriloquist dummies dot net dot biz mm-hmm. um, specialty shop why did he order it why did he buy a puppet uh, to, to uh, facilitate the premise of the episode okay that's good enough um, so the rest of the um, episode is just him doing like puppet voice just and being increasingly unpleasant yeah yeah like, so I think that so I think Vivian alluded to this scene earlier, but he actually does sort of um, through the puppet yeah. um, make inappropriate advances at it's Lynn. Very uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, and yeah, this is something you, that you can tell by her reaction exactly what's going on in that scene. It's not ambiguous. Yeah, but it's interesting because they sort of present it in the episode contextually as though we're supposed to be creeped out by the puppet. But clearly the puppet is being controlled by Alf. Right. (laughs) In a way, it's just the other puppet that we're creeped out by. Um, I I found that uh, that this puppet is actually Alf expressing, you know, his urges that he can't, uh, uh, he can't express in any other means. Does that mean that all of that is actually still Alf? Yes. That scene? Yes. Okay. I found it illuminating that um, he drives everyone away even before he starts using the puppet. Um, you know, like, uh, he, Lynn gets annoyed at him and storms off, and then Brian comes in and um, he, you know, tries to get him to vacuum up all the, all the shit that he's left around the place, and he yeah. leaves as well. And he's like, well, you know, I've, I've driven everybody away. What should I do now? Oh, I, I know, like, make myself even more unpleasant by, right. you know, playing with this creepy puppet but <laughs> he doesn't realize that you're supposed to voice the puppet so it just originally when he ordered it he was like oh a tiny man that you can order yeah he basically tried to buy a slave <laughs> <laughs> like oh this thing doesn't have its own uh, free will that i can uh that i can you know take over to do my things yeah that's right but this is this is like mid season two, and I have to ask myself in this episode, like, what level of understanding or awareness is Alf on? I, I mean, there are very basic things that he shows no knowledge of. The idea of, I, I guess, the fact that you can construct something that's artificial and mm-hmm. uh, have that thing not be a real person, uh, mm-hmm. a personal property. Um, I mean, I, I, I know he's a freeloader, but I. Uh, he really seems to have no idea that everything doesn't belong to him. He, he's right. like a, on the level of a four-year-old in this episode. Well, he, he he's just quite deliberately that. obtuse. He justifies yeah. that at one point in the episode because he says, uh, you know, on Melmax, spending other people's money is how you say that you care. Mm-hmm. And, Which uh, it sounds like bullshit to me. It just sounds like he was a freeloader on that. Does he say, is, he, is he lying or is that just like, you know, expanding the Melmac canon? And that's that's not I mean, there is no Melmac cannon. The Melmac cannon is whatever last joke he cracked. Um, but uh, um, I lost my train of thought. Hmm. Well, this one out. I should say that I think that um, my explanation is that they may have had small, like robotic men that you could buy on <laughs> Melmac because it's presumably a very technologically advanced society. 
Um, there wasn't anybody yeah. who was supposed to be in charge of like the Melmac canon. Like, you know, they'd have the script and, you know, they would go uh, through <laughs> like, no, no, no. Uh, in episode 13, we established, you know, Melmac doesn't do that. Like the, uh, <laughs> like the Dave Filoni of the, um, of the Elf oh, canon. That's more Leland Chi's job. Okay, Leland Chi, you're right. Sorry. Sorry. The, uh, <laughs> the, like the Lucas archi- archivist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. For the ALF technical manuals, you know. Yeah. It reminds me I uh, did that Photoshop for the episode, the prior episode of this podcast. It was like I tried to do like Melmachians in the Galactic Republic Senate. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't come out very well. I wasn't that pleased with that, uh, with that cover. Hmm. Maybe <laughs> give it a second crack for this one. <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe yeah, come I out should. with a fresh set of eyes I and mean, a new mindset. What do you guys think of it? Like, just take a quick look. Okay. Like, it's got um, Billy Joel. It's got Darth Vader, who kind of looks like Billy Joel. Um, but those are, like, really bad quality screen grabs. Mm, wait, and then have I've you got... sent it through? No, it's on... Uh... <laughs> It's, you know, it's on uh, byropod.soundcloud.net. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just one moment, then. Here, let me. I'll tell. You, I'll. I'll link it. I guess here. Here we go. Oh, this. Oh yeah. It's, it's not, That's it's not fine. My, not my best work. Yeah. I kind of like rushed it out. I admit. Okay. So. Anyway, um, puppet. Have have any of you ever owned a puppet? I used to make them. What? Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, there's some TMI. Yo, um, lead, lead with that next time, Jesus. Uh, I guess uh, what, what the way I would make them, I'm you know not sophisticated like oh I would fasten them from you know uh, thread and anything like that. I basically would just glue eyes on things that were shaped like mouths. Yeah, you know, like a like a jar. You just glue <laughs> some glue some eyes on that, or a uh, three hole punch. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would make puppets out of uh, brown lunch bags. That's yeah, that's a classic sort of uh, puppet material. Yeah. I had a little evil porcelain clown doll um, mm. that that scared me, and I had I had a little evil teddy bear among my mostly benign stuffed mm-hmm. animals, but I never actually had a, a puppet, yeah. um, I, which is good because it, it's possible that there's a deeply wicked alter ego waiting to mm-hmm. emerge from myself, you know, mm-hmm. once I'm able to sort of mask mm-hmm. my intentions under the guise of a puppet. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, no puppeteering, such is a, puppeteering is definitely a dark art and mm-hmm. there's, there's a risk every time one dons the ceremonial puppet. I mean, you're uh, bringing false flesh to life. That's that's pretty heretical. That's it's basically probably... a uh, spell. You're casting mm. a spell. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. It's uh, it's definitely a, a a forbidden magic of sorts. Yeah, I think you know um, the, the or... original story of uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, you know, they say there's like oh, this unnamed fruit that they got from the tree. Uh, that fruit was actually a puppet. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure that um, what is it like? Uh, wizards are banned under Sharia law. 
Uh, does that include ventriloquists? <laughs> would they would they be executed under Sharia yeah. law? Yeah. Is it Sharia or Sharia? Uh, does the UN ban them too? Like you know, you can't have like puppeteers. Well, you can't. Line. You can't have puppets of mass destruction. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is like that's like the plot of uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, like the the big things that are like puppets, huh? Yeah, they're puppets of mass destruction. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. Can, can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Did Al, Gene, and Mike Rice write any other episodes of ALF? Is this the only one that they wrote? Um, I think they wrote some more. <laughs> like, Maybe. What's this ALF wiki? It, it, it's just interesting to think about the fact that the episode is the way it is. I mean, we, we, we've touched on a couple of these things so far, but, like, the puppet's name is Paul. It's mm -hmm. a weird-looking little human. It has, I, I mean, in this podcast, you know, uh, Paul Fusco was previously described as megalomaniacal, and the puppet has a pretty imperious megalomaniacal attitude. So mm -hmm. is the entire episode, like, one long critique of... Alf and the man who created it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't really interpret it any other way. I mean, he, he comes off as the sort of, you know, unpleasant, menacing figure that you kind of imagine Paul Fusco himself to be. Yeah. Mm. It's, I, it's, I, I sort of saw it a different way. I, I saw it as a statement from Paul. Paul being the puppeteer of Alf. Alf being the puppeteer of Paul. Uh, Paul Fusco basically saying, like, Hey, this this monster we've created is it's gotten out of control, and it basically you know has changed everyone's view of me, and they see me as this you know horrible thing that I'm just trying to you know get along. And maybe he was thinking that in that instance, after we sort of um, you know uh, sided with Alf in this exchange, we would take a step back and go, you know, maybe Paul Fusco, maybe he really is the one who's being you know misjudged here. I didn't really follow uh, any of that, so let's just <laughs> let's just say you're probably wrong and move on. Um, so just... the uh, here's a like another weird thing that I don't know if it was just me, but um, what's what's the mother's name? It's two ones out. Kate. So Kate walks in wearing this like kind of nice looking thing, but it's just it happens during the scene with the packing peanuts. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering if I'm the only person who, like, the entire time she's wearing this dress, I can't help but think that there's, like, packing peanuts stuck to her. Yeah. <laughs> it was an unfortunate, <laughs> an unfortunate dress for that scene. Um, like, it'd be fine in any other context, but just because the first scene is packing peanuts and she's wearing this, I'm like, are they, somebody has to wipe those off of her. Yeah. It's like um, a pink sweater with white kind of puffs. I don't know how else to describe them. Um, Kate actually has a few good outfits in this episode. Um, I have some yeah, pictures. she's looking very nice on it. Screenshots I took here. Let me see what they look like. We've got... Oh, shoot. I thought they were Oh, all... those aren't puffs, by the way. I think that they're actually buttons. Like, okay, they're buttons. You can, like, open one side of the sweater or something. I have no idea why anyone would do this, but... <laughs> Just to show a little... You know, it's kind of like those uh, pants that like zip off at the knees, so you can have you know some you know trendy shorts if you know it's a hot day. Yeah, 
in our sort of a, like kind of a Netflix world these days, the way all the shows are connected, it, you would imagine it, it becomes like a running joke. Like later, just every episode, she has some more uh, styrofoam peanuts like stuck to her somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so it's she's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight buttons on the left shoulder of the mm-hmm. sweater. And a single white button on the breast pocket over, which is also asymmetrical. It's a single breast pocket over her left breast. Um, In another scene, she's wearing what appears to be, well, it's sort of a button-down plaid, purple plaid top, which is nice. Um, And then later on, she's wearing, um, I guess it's like a dress with green circles it's very tasteful Mm. um so i think we should uh, get into the fact that we have a returning character yeah right dr larry dixtra larry dixtra yeah if you search for larry on the wiki then it just comes up with a melmachian that alf apparently mentioned once yeah i just (laughs) went to the wiki um and They've got Bill, da- Bill Daly play Larry, but there's no entry for Larry, even though he's like one of the few humans Alf ever met. So, oh, wait, there Dr. is an Larry. entry. They did, yeah, yeah. They just didn't link it later. And he originally played the uh, the neighbor of a uh, famous psychiatrist, uh-huh. Tom Oh, yeah. There you go. I think we probably mentioned this in the last episode he was in. <laughs> Maybe. Uh. What? Um, <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I couldn't remember for the life of me, like what episode he had been, been been in previously. Uh, it it was uh, one that kind of sticks in my mind because it was where um, the conflict between uh, Alf and Willie gets so extreme that they then have to, you know, bring in a psychiatrist and they um, right. have like this very tense dinner scene. That's right. I remember that one. Yeah. So it's interesting though because like they. You know, there are so many different conflicts, and they're so averse to exposing any other human being yeah. um, to Alf that it seems like a little odd that suddenly they decide yeah. to bring this guy in. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I mean, he's a psychiatrist too. He's not just some neutral observer. I mean, that's that's basically a cop right there. I think yeah. it's part of the psychiatrist code that if your patient is, you know, like committing a crime or an alien. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't tell uh, the government, and that's why they knew that they could trust him. Yeah, uh-huh. that's probably true. By the way, earlier question relating to Al Jean and Mike Rice uh, by Vivian. Mm. Uh, they also <laughs> wrote uh, episode 40, The Boy Next Door. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Another, uh, well, that was a, an episode featuring a kleptomaniac neighbor. Yeah, that boy but i think he's a, he becomes a recurring character in the next season um they wrote uh oh gosh i guess he was stealing scenes after that <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's committing no worse offense than alf himself regularly mm-hmm. yeah no they get along they're fast friends they uh they write two episodes in uh, season three also so we're mm-hmm. not there yet you know um, maybe he ordered the puppet and alf has some kind of pact where you know, he'll cover for him. Like, he orders this weird puppet, and Willie's like, what's this here? And Alf's like, oh, yeah, I ordered that. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, so what are we missing from this episode? I feel like... Um, 
Oh, even um, though it's like quite a consequential episode, it's like interesting, but like not that much happens in yeah. it. Am I crazy? Um, I thought it interesting that the psychiatrist's recommendation was to like enable Alf's acting out. Right. Just you know, oh, you know how he likes to like do the wrong thing and break rules. You should get him to do more of that. Hmm. Is this? Do you think this is related it'll be to like fun. the um? Primal oh, scream, the pri- primal hey, scream philosophy of uh, like Artie Lang, like uh, yeah, it's, I yeah. mean, I guess it's roughly that sort of uh, time period, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. By the way, not I mean Artie Lang, the uh, the uh, psych- psychiatrist, not Artie Lang, the uh, Howard Stern show um, <laughs> comedian. I don't know if that's right. worth for, clarifying for any for any in our audience who might have been confused. It's R period D period L A I N G, not A R T Y L A N G. But yeah, um, I think even on its face, the solution that this episode re- recommends is extremely unhealthy. I mean, Alpha is someone whose actions regularly harm people around him. They have to do more work because of what he's done. You know, he destroys things that, you know, they've bought or, you know, mm-hmm. own for themselves. Um, yeah. He steals regularly. And so I, for, for the solution of the episode for him to be that he just needs to do more of it. I think he actually like throws a plate or something mm-hmm. just at mm-hmm. the wall and they all just kind of like smile about it. Like that's, that's deeply sick to me. It's sort of like a uh, inverse um, intervention. Like, yeah. like rather like th- they show up to the intervention, but then it's like, "Hey, you like heroin? Like we got a whole pile. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get it out of your system, buddy. Go for yeah. it." Yeah, I mean, when it, it starts off with that car, and you kind of assume that it's unrelated, but maybe. Maybe that's all like thematic in that he sort of fastens their all their livelihood into his uh, his own creation, and then he crashes it into a wall. Yeah. Nah. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, he steals people's like a, things uh, and creates it as a vehicle of destruction for more of their things. I think it's a uh, symbolic phallus, and uh, mm. it, you know sometimes the simplest explanation is the the most accurate. Yeah. The, the phallic car crashing into the more yonic, uh, I don't know, end table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... What did everyone else think of Dodoy Dot? Because like, it's like the first thing that came to my head. He's like teaching himself ventriloquism, and the first line you learn is Dodoy Dot. Yeah. And I'm thinking of like Doug. I don't know if anyone saw that. Yeah, he's like, no, I thought the same thing. I, I immediately thought of that during yeah. that scene, yeah. And I was like, is that like a classic first ventriloquist thing that you learned about? You know this young man purchasing things. I guess and so. How ironic uh, that this begins with Alf making a purchase, and the first thing he learns is the doy dot, the basket doll. Yeah, yeah, I thought of that they, too. They switch up a little bit in this one. Uh, he actually says, uh, I, "I think the boy buys a baboon in this little scenario." That they... he, he definitely buys something. I don't. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not a basket doll. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> baboon. That's right. James, are you following this? Did you watch uh, Doug on Nickelodeon? Uh, it's it's very very distant in my childhood memory. Okay. The funny thing about Doug would be that he would um, wake up from daydreams screaming, which is uh, huh. unusual. <laughs> yeah, that's the side. Some episodes is just half an hour of screaming. <laughs> he would just have like a 
vivid kind of florid hallucination mid- midday where it's like Roger Klotz is like pantsing him and then he's like ah! like in the middle of class and then it's like everything all the sound effects and music were all just acapella right yeah acapella yeah I didn't care for that stupid and then and then Disney bought Doug yeah, Disney they ruined it. Yeah. They made uh, BB. No, they made um, Connie lose a bunch of weight, which is fine. And they up. made uh, Roger really? Klotz uh, rich. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Like they had one sort of like chubby character, and like then Disney bought it, and like, oh, we can't have any fatties in our show. Let's make it <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Roger Klotz got what rich. What would you do for a like a CW Riverdale style reboot of Doug? How does that oh, sound? That would be- Ooh. Oh, that's that's smart money. That's where that is. They could mm. keep him waking up from daydreams and screaming. That mm-hmm. that would be radically appropriate. Mm. It was always like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like a really soft scream, gentle scream. Okay, so the um, Alpha's cured by Larry Dykstra. I don't know if he's any relation to um, Lenny Dykstra, the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, <laughs> was he a shortstop? I forget. Well, one can only assume. Yeah, I think he's got a like a famous daughter too. I think. Mm-hmm. Janine Dykstra. <laughs> Lenny Dykstra. Um, oh, of the Philadelphia Dykstras. Yeah. Uh, his position <laughs> was. It doesn't say. <laughs> That would be like easier to find. There's also a Chloe Dykstra. Yeah, Chloe Dykstra, I think. Um, who was the one that was dating uh, Chris Hardwick? That's uh, that's Chloe Dykstra. Yeah. Oh, like, right. Yikes. <laughs> I don't think Not she's any relation to Lenny Dykstra, though. Chloe Dykstra. Anyway, this is a, we're really down a rabbit hole with the Dykstras. Has here. anyone seen the Mel Gibson film The Beaver? No. Oh, that was, I, that was uh, oh, when he I, made his like post DUI comeback, and like it was it's a, the only a way he can relate to his family is through this beaver puppet. Through a puppet, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was a, a similarly premised film. I thought maybe if someone had seen it, they might be able to uh, comment, but uh, I guess no one has. I believe that was directed by Jodie Foster. Oh, I was, was going to say that. Quite possible, yes. Yeah. I think she that's was, right. She was always a, uh, a an apologist for... Um... The Holocaust? No. <laughs> <laughs> for Mel Gibson. Um, okay. She was so always I... a Mel, Mel Gibson apologist. I, I don't want us to to you know make this like an all Dykstra podcast, but I, since we did talk about Dykstra related stuff earlier, and Chloe was mentioned, um, I was trying to remember what I'd heard recently about Chloe Dykstra and Chris Hardwick, um, and uh, the thing that I had forgotten and now remembered um, was Chloe Dykstra posting. Uh, confessions that she yeah. received sexual and physical abuse from Chris Hardwick mm-hmm. from the Nerdist podcast, Talking Dead, etc. Um, mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's horrible. Apparently he's the been... Dykstra um... family, the Dykstra family curse if any <laughs> strikes it again. Was, the, the, the breaking point was when he uh, used to abuse her through a ventriloquist puppet. Yeah. 
that was mm. a dark, dark time. Um, <sighs> Killing it in this episode. <laughs> Apparently, um, Chris Hardwick has has been fully let off the hook for this. By the way, oh, oh Not Jesus! Sure. Like that always implies, like, oh, I guess he didn't do any of it. <laughs> of course, like, I, think I mean, he, I think he did all of it. Get away with the stuff. Yeah. There was some story about like how she was like in the hospital and like they were talking about like whether she could have sex again soon mm-hmm. and like he was like standing next to her mother and he's like, oh thank God or something like that like something really inappropriate. Uh, really great guy. Yeah. Wow. He's a he's a piece of shit. Um, I don't care for his uh, enthusiastic kind of geek fit, faux geek. Mm-hmm. Personality, yeah, no, not into it either. I don't care I mean, for I his doubt skinny it's ties. I, I will admit that I, that I hated him long before I found out that he was uh, a predator. But yeah. no, he's I like, mean, he's... so it sounds like uh, the the panel is in agreement. Do we have a counterpoint from Ian? Ian? Uh, no, honestly, I just uh, I was kind of the same thing. Like a long time ago, it was like, oh, you know, someone told me, oh, you should check out Chris Hardwick because he's in charge of this like nerd empire. And, uh, and I was just like, oh, I mean, you just, you know, toss zombies at, at something and all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm supposed to go, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he's part of that, that kind of side of like, you know, hey, here's a, here's a Kickstarter for, um, for a board game with, oh gosh, some superhero that we don't own the rights to. Um, but DC's like nice enough not to sue us, and like the nerdist will be like, "Oh, we love that, we love that," and that, <laughs> and that always kind of bugged me. And then also the uh, the sexual assault. Yeah, I think I am I wrong that I think we're sort of uh, the coming to like a, a a tipping point in our sort of zeitgeist um, against geek culture. Or is it getting a little little old? Yeah, I mean, that oh, probably, I wish, kind of, I wish that we probably kind of started with Gamergate, didn't it? I wish we were, but I, I feel like uh, every single time it's, you know, it's people are like, oh, we're, we're sick of Marvel movies, but actually not really. No, it's it's stronger than ever. It's absolutely not going away. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's evolving into something a little bit different since the stuff has been so heavily mainstreamed, but that's sort of the metastasization of geek culture. It's not its... It's not its death by any means. Is it fair to mm-hmm. say that part of geek culture has been supplanted by something maybe more resembling what you could call hype culture? Where... Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, that's just because it, like it's it's been so effective to monetize all the geek projects and they've, you know, like become these like mass operations that it, it kind of has to appeal to a broader base in order to sustain itself. But is it not that now at this point the hype is actually the sort of the media yeah, where would, like the actual end product is almost always disappointing compared to the anticipation um, and there's like increasing backlash like when you when you have like the last Jedi and things like that which is you know deserved in that case to some extent but yeah, it's like <laughs> what are we really talking about here it's like everybody's so stoked that Star Wars is coming back and it's like Oh, this isn't meeting my expectations, um, but I did like the trailer. <sighs> that that can also bolster like geek loyalty, though, because I mean, when when geeks, for example, well, like yeah. 
react against like a, a, a you know mediocre Ghostbusters reboot, and mm-hmm. you know they have this this deep like angry backlash that's also yeah. weirdly coming from a place of this like perverse love for their geek fandom, be it Ghostbusters or Star Wars or yeah, yeah. what have you, and, um, and like. Hating Star Wars has been like the the geekiest thing to do since 1997. So that's true. Yeah, and he actually going as far back as uh, Return of the Jedi. I mean, you got the I, e- Ewok. I'm not sure to what extent um, the Ewoks were controversial at the time. I think that one might be more of a retrospective thing. But uh, maybe I think some people were out. On, like my, I think my dad was out on out on the Ewoks. He was talking right. the teddy bears. Like the whole this whole like epic story that concluded with a bunch of like te- the teddy bears picnic <laughs> essentially i think one of the things that a lot of these kind of like big uh, media conglomerates they're realizing is that um rather than make the content themselves they they have to make the marketplace because people making content for each other is just you can't compete with that yeah. and so, you know like that's why facebook they don't make anything and they're the biggest media company on the planet and I, I feel like Disney, they kind of, they, they have to sort of like feed that when you say like it's a hype, uh, it's it's more about the hype, absolutely, you know, like I, I'm absolutely convinced they're going into, you know, Reddit message boards and saying, hey, let's have a Photoshop battle with porgs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you've never heard of them, but you should, you love them, right? You should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you have a talk about it. And uh, maybe that's... Uh, you know, that's the, the propaganda strategy of late is you just convince two people to just keep arguing with each other. And then that's content for everybody else who uh, likes the, the hype aspect but doesn't want to be involved. And they like to read it and they go, hmm, I don't know if I like that movie or not. This guy hates it. This guy um, loves it. But at the end of the day, I'm thinking about Star Wars literally yeah. every single day. Yeah. It's sort of like Trump, too, I guess. We could pull it all the way back, back into politics. And then maybe end the podcast. <laughs> Alf, by the way, uh, Alf. Yeah, I mean this is essentially what Trump does. He just like takes up a lot of takes up a lot of real estate in your mind, no matter how much uh, what you think of him. So this is constantly there. Um. So yeah, I think uh, we got to the end of the Alf episode. Yeah, you know, my, I think. my final note uh, that I took uh, just says the nightmare never ends because. Um, <laughs> That's in fact what the, the last shot is like. He's uh, whittling. There's no puppet there, but he's still doing the puppet voice with his little hands. So yeah, it's like you like, know, that's the an never unsatisfying ends, so. conclusion to yep. resolution. In so much as that, he doesn't need the puppet to be a monstrosity of evil. <laughs> I think, uh, like, a, I'm just modernizing all these elves. You know, I'm, we're living in this like sort of, like I said, post Netflix age. There should be an after credit sequence where, like, uh, the little boy, like, discovers the puppet and picks it up and goes, hello, how are you? And the puppet goes, good, that now you're here, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that is the, um, the, like, the trope of um, ventriloquist dummy episodes, which uh, seem, seem to always follow the same formula. <laughs> I will um, yeah, also... Give a shout out to there was another show around that aired around the same t- same time as Elf called What a Dummy, um, <laughs> which is eff- effectively Elf but with a ventriloquist dummy in the family instead of <laughs> fuck an alien. Fuck, fuck, fuck that. <laughs> I know. Episode where an alien lands and then the dummy like kind of like this mirrored 
sort of the, you know, yeah, the, the dummy comes out of like a magic crate or something uh, unfortunately there's no actual this show has been lost to history like there's no recording of it remaining um i looked for it to do like a podcast about it but it's just gone huh. i think um joaquin phoenix was in it if you can believe that. rest his soul <laughs> <laughs> okay um so thanks guys i think we uh we nailed this i think we wrapped this up with a bow Alf was lobotomized at the end. His puppet <laughs> problems went away, away, along with his uh, what frontal lobe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the sexual harassment will be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Alf will continue to get worse, more narcissistic, he's and also, uh, yes, enabled. Yeah, he's also chemically castrated, so he can do no more. <laughs> I mean, the no harassment it'll, be, it'll be forgotten, but they'll still always like feel it in yeah. their hearts. A lesson <laughs> is learned, but the damage is irreversible yeah okay uh it's been a real pleasure uh being on the show again thanks 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 for being for coming and thanks ian for making your big premiere um thank you so much yeah and thanks james um for uh being in many episodes of oh you're welcome appreciate (laughs) you james okay guys well again thank you uh for joining and audience thanks for tuning in and uh, uh, feel free to check us out next time on Alpha's Back in Pot 4.